Welcome to Focused on Forward. The purpose of this podcast is to focus on recovery from life situations, be it a disease, chronic or acute, perhaps the loss of someone so dear to you in death, or a change of life patterns that has affected you so profoundly that you have no choice but to find your new normal and become focused on moving forward. Each episode is designed to show the positivity that people bring to each and every one of their stories, the successes they've had, ways that they have become so definitively focused on moving forward. We look forward to sharing their stories, and we hope that they inspire you just as much as they have inspired us. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome to Focused on Forward. Today, I have the esteemed privilege of speaking with Mel Butcher. Mel comes to us today to talk about some life changes that she went through, and we're going to talk to her not only about how she made those changes, but we're going to look at how she went through them, how she's dealing with those changes now, and we'll look at what we can learn from Mel's story. So Mel, thank you for being on our show, Focused on Forward. It's my pleasure. Thanks so much for inviting me, Tim. Yeah, I'm excited to hear your story. I I think that your story is a very relatable thing that somebody uh, that each and every one of us can kind of look at and go, okay, well, there's parts of Mel's story that I can take and maybe make for my own. So I'm excited to hear where this goes. So what I'd like to do, Mel, is turn the microphone over to you and let you tell us your story. Okay, I'll, I'll do my best. That's all we ask. Okay, um, so... A while ago, the I think the part of the story that your listeners might be most interested in is I made quite a large career shift. And the context of that shift came from uh, really a lack of guidance. So like many people in my age cohort, I kind of got the message growing up that Uh, You know, you go to college, you get a degree, and then you get a job. And this is the order of operations. And that's the plan and nothing can go wrong with the plan. And what ended up happening was I earned a degree that some might call useless. And I've definitely felt many times like it was useless. And left, left school, I was able to get a professional job that was wonderful. I worked at for a few years, uh, found some success there, but a couple of things happened around that time. It was 2009, and I realized that I didn't want to stay at the agency forever. It was a government job. And although I had learned a lot and it was a great place to start, I just couldn't see myself staying there for my whole career. So I was at a crossroads there. I was also coming out of a really bad relationship. And my boyfriend turned ex-boyfriend worked at the agency as well. Okay. And so I made a very difficult decision to leave. And I quickly found out that that was probably the worst time to leave a job. I couldn't find something to replace it. And sort of 2009, um, I might call that the worst year of my life. It was pretty much the end of a very difficult, painful relationship. It was leaving a profession that wasn't right for me and not having something lined up immediately to go to. 
And then both of my grandfathers passed away at the end of that year within a few weeks of one another. And oh, I kind of just didn't, I didn't know what to do. So I kind of just put several options out there and said, you know, whatever comes back, I'm going to do it. And I got accepted to go back to school. And so that's what I decided to do. But this time the, the difference was I still didn't have the guidance that I really needed. And that's a whole story, but, uh, so I didn't have a lot of <laughs> examples in my life of, uh, what professions were available to me. And what I ended up doing was going to the Bureau of Labor Statistics and looking at their Occupational Outlook Handbook. And for your listeners who aren't familiar, it's basically a book online where you can look up different types of career paths. And there's a description of what the career path is about and uh, like an average pay range for the career. And then they also give projections for do they expect this career path to grow or decrease? So you can have an idea of, is this something that I could do for you know a long time into the future? Is it stable? Okay. And so I went on there, no clue what to do. I just kind of looked up like, okay, what's a career that uses math and science and will definitely result in a job? And that was engineering. So I had no idea what I was getting myself into when I signed up for engineering, but I got accepted to go back to school for university and I signed up for engineering and that totally changed my life. So up to this point, you had never done anything in engineering, hadn't thought of engineering in any way, shape or form. No, I didn't. I didn't really know any engineers in my mind. You know, at that time, I probably just guessed like, okay, that's something that smart people do <laughs> that are not like me. Like, that's not what I do. That's what smart people do. So as you can imagine, I had to have quite a big mindset shift as well. I had to overcome some real challenges in self-esteem and believing yeah. in myself and my ability to, to go back and take this path. Well, yeah, you mix that in with where, where you were coming from off of that year, because that just sounds like the most horrendous year. It was honestly. terrible. <laughs> yeah, I, I believe that. So, okay. So, all right. So now you're at the point of choosing this education and what other than the fact that there was a good career outlook, what else drew you to engineering? Well, I was really hopeful that it would take me on a path that involved something to do with the environment. So I've always been really curious about biology and things related to environmental science. And I was hopeful that that engineering would be an applied way to contribute to something green, if you will. Okay. And for any listeners out there considering engineering as a career path, that is definitely true. There are many different engineering disciplines where you can go down a path that has a green environmental focus, and it does not need to be environmental engineering. In fact, mechanical engineering and chemical engineering are some of the best disciplines to go into for doing that kind of work. Okay. All right. So where did you end up going to school? How did you, how did you make that transition from being someone who was 
kind of on the outside looking in of maybe this is what I'll do to this is what I'm going to do. What was that process like? Oh dear. Well, it was, uh, it was kind of a total, uh, diving in head first. So I wanted to be in school somewhere where it was still sunny and, I wanted to do that sort of civil environmental engineering path because at that time I didn't I didn't know that the other disciplines could as easily lead down the green path. Um, so I went back to school at University of South Florida, which is based in Tampa. Yep. And I honestly I feel like I got really lucky because I had a lot of fantastic professors there that were very supportive. And it just ended up being a really good experience and a much better experience than my first time around in school, which was in Texas. Okay. Um, so, so I started back to school and not long after that, I was meeting new people in the engineering department and I started to get involved with a local professional environmental organization. And it just so happened, they asked one of my friends that was also a student at the time, they asked him if he would consider starting a student chapter of the organization. And lucky for me, he said no. And he brought it to me and he said, would you want to do it? And after I talked to their board of directors, I said, well, yes, I will do this. And my criteria was basically if this, if this uh, group of leaders of this organization will be supportive of me and the student chapter, then I'll definitely uh, do this. I'll definitely start a student chapter of this organization. And the reason I was enthusiastic to do that is because through 2009, when I was looking for a job and hadn't yet made the decision to go back to school, I, that was the point where I really figured out that strategic networking is so important for long-term career success. And in most cases, this is my opinion, in most cases, I think your strategic network gets you further than your degree or your GPA or any of that stuff. So I saw starting the student chapter and interacting with the leadership of the professional organization as really the door opener for me to build my network. And more specifically, what I mean by that is building real relationships where people could get to know me, I could get to know them, they could see me doing work, even though it's volunteer work, they could see me doing work and know that I'm dedicated and trustworthy. And my goal was to leave school with multiple job offers and that's exactly what happened. So when I graduated, I had four offers and none of them were jobs that I applied to. They were all uh, jobs that came to me through my network. Awesome. All right. So let's go back in your story just a little bit. You said that when you were looking through this and you were uh, kind of going through the um, the labor uh, board statistics and, and all that kind of stuff, you said that one of the things that you had to overcome were some self some self esteem issues. Now I'm assuming that that wasn't the only thing that you had to overcome and had to work through at that point. So what were some of the things that that Mel had to push herself through it, through that time in order to move forward? 
Right. So I grew up in a, I'll call it a pretty traditional small town setting in Texas. And there were a lot of unspoken beliefs around what a woman's role is, what women are good at versus what men are good at. And some of those beliefs were definitely connected to, you know, women are not good at math, women don't belong in math and science, these types of things that I, I may not have directly heard from someone, but it was implied. And I can, (laughs) I can remember having, having trouble with like a junior high level math class and that sort of sticking in my mind as, okay, I'm not good at this. And, you know, in hindsight, looking back now, I can remember that, wow, my, you know, my teacher then was a very angry man and it was kind of scary to be in a classroom with him. That probably had something to do with why I struggled in that class. But, you know, when you're a kid, it's difficult to make those types of connections. Mm -hmm. Um, So I want to give a more concrete example. So the the first time when I was in school and I ended up with a language degree, that was never my intent when I was there. I, I did the thing where I stayed undeclared as long as I could, as far as a major goes. And then I'd finished all of the sort of basics and had to pick a path. And initially I said, okay, well, I'll double major. I'll do this science and I'll do this other thing. You know, I'm interested in all this stuff. It's hard to pick something. And I registered one semester. This was at the University of Texas in Arlington. I registered for a chemistry class like Chem 1. And I went to lab one day and uh, I came in and this would have been, I want to say like the second or third week. And at that time, you could still drop a class and get full or partial refund depending on when, when it was. So I go to class, I go to lab one day and raise my hand, ask a question. And the lab instructor laughed at me in front of the class. And then he said, this is why women don't belong in science. Oh, my. So at that moment, that was like the verbal expression out loud of everything that had been very subtly kind of pushed on me you know, living and growing up in Texas as a woman, uh, kind of put into a sound bite. Right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, at that time I was so young and I, I didn't know what I know now. And I didn't have the, the, certainly not the confidence that I have now. So I just said, okay, well, obviously I don't belong here. And I dropped the course and I dropped the double major and I just wrapped up, you know, what little I had left to do for my, for my degree and left. Now, if that had happened uh, to me more recently, I know I would have handled it quite differently, but uh, at the time that was, that was all I could do. So I, I definitely had to have a big mindset shift in, in myself as far as what can I be good at? Can I learn? Like, just the idea that there's 
there's not a limit on, you know, learning ability. I can learn more if I apply myself and have the support I need of a teacher or a tutor or whatever. And I didn't have that before, but I did build that and get that when I went to school the second time. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. Since 1982, Vital Signs and Graphics has been helping professionals with all their image, logo, and design needs. Perhaps you're looking for signs and banners, truck and trailer lettering, business cards, brochures, or other image and marketing aids, Vital Signs and Graphics in-house design studio has you covered. From logos to apparel, start to finish, Vital Signs and Graphics has everything you need to look and feel professional. Call Rick at 231-652-3300. He'll get you noticed. And now back to Focused on Forward. Okay. From your younger years and the way that you were you were raised and going into school the second time, how did that help remove the things that were institutionalized in you? Yeah. Oh, it's it's complicated, isn't it? Um, it is, yeah. So there's a couple of things that happened. But they weren't like points in time. They were kind of gradual, right? So when I had my first professional job, when I was working for the agency, I had a very supportive supervisor. And working there with him, I made progress. And I made advances. And I felt like I was contributing to things that were useful. I got promotions, I got raises. And just having that experience of growth with with a leader like that really helped build my self-esteem in terms of, I can do this. Just building more belief in I can do this. I can learn these things and I can advance and contribute. Uh, and then my curiosity really got the better of me. And honestly, I just started spending more time at the library. I would go to the public library pretty frequently and I started checking out lectures on different science topics that just interested me things I was just curious about. And so I was listening to lectures and reading different books that were all nonfiction. And eventually that just helped me get to the place of, I can learn, I can learn these things. And, you know, I'm totally capable of doing this. And it's, it's, so my mindset switched from the believing those messages I had received around women not belonging or not being capable into, I can do this, I can learn these things, and no one is going to get in my way. Okay. So like you said, yeah, I understand how that could be a, a gradual process. Usually the, the removing of something is, is what takes the longer than it being installed. So what are you doing now on a day-to-day -day basis that helps you to continue to move forward past these things? Yeah, I appreciate that question. So, you know, earning 
my degrees in engineering was certainly a, a big milestone and a great feeling to get to that point. But that's a catalyst, right? That's the beginning of sort of a new career. So now what I like to do is try to give back where I can. And so one of the ways that I do that is I recognize that in, in my past, because, because of who's in my family, no fault here, by the way, but because of the, the things that my family members did, I just wasn't exposed to a lot of career paths. And I definitely wasn't exposed to business and how business works and how people interact in the politics in these spaces. And so I do a lot, I do as much as I can to create things for young professionals, particularly young engineers around those things that I had to learn the hard way. So things around like, how do you network for your first job and how do you position yourself and what are leaders really looking for on a resume and what's a good way to try to approach someone and build a relationship on LinkedIn, those types of things. And then, yeah, so that's one of the things I do. And then I also try to give as much time as I can to supporting women in their careers And for similar reasons, right? Just trying to help create some of the things that I wish I had had earlier. And doing those things provides me a lot of fulfillment and it just, it helps me move forward too. And it it just helps me feel like I'm contributing in positive ways. Oh, that's awesome. I love that. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about each of those if we, if you don't mind. So both of those things. So uh, you listed off a couple of the ways that you helped young professionals. So if you don't mind, give us a couple examples of, of some of the things that you've done in order to help people in those regards. Yeah. So it started out as just, I would go back to the university and then other universities and speak to some of the student groups. Or if a professor approached me, I would go in and talk about some of these things with their students. And it kind of had to change, especially during the pandemic time to where we're doing things remotely and where we're coming in um, with videos and whatnot. So I, I started making some content around that. And uh, this is my first time to officially announce this, but I decided to make a course for young engineers that are right at the beginning. So they're coming out of school or they're in their first couple of years. Okay. And it's a course around those topics of, you know, what needs to be in your resume, how to handle your initial interview to get to the next interview, how to network properly and uh, things like that. So I'm really excited about that. That's the the big thing that I'm working on now. Excellent. Okay. Do you have a name for the course yet or? Yes, it's called Underdog Engineers. So if your listeners go to underdogengineers.com, it's just a a place to sign up right now, but I am committed to launching in September. So it's happening. I love it. That's awesome. No, I I think that's very good. I think that uh, a lot of our our young people, especially because, okay, so I have a 22-year-old, I have a 19-year-old and a 14-year-old. And the 22-year-old and the 19-year-old, when it, I mean, my, they both went to vocational school, my, my two oldest. Um, 
But even at that, when it came time to put their resumes together, when it came time to go out on interviews and things like that, they were lost. You know, what do I do? How do I, how do I go forward? How do I do these things? Um, so I think that's a wonderful thing, honestly. Yeah, it feels like schools and the universities anyway, they kind of like give you your required classes and then kind of throw you out the door. Like you'll figure mm-hmm. that all that other stuff out, but there's, there's a lot of nuance to it. And I, I feel like a lot of young people struggle in those areas and they don't need to, there's some pretty basic things that, that I think I can help bring across, particularly for the engineer crowd. So no, I think that's great. I, yeah. you know, I think there's such, there's such an educational gap there uh, between the, the book smarts and then the application of them. There's a gap there that needs to be filled. And so I think that's awesome that you're doing that. Yeah, okay. Too. All right. So, well, we'll make sure that when this goes live, that, that we have that information in the, uh, the write-up so that people can know where to go to. It was underdog engineering, correct? Underdog engineers. Underdogengineers.com. Okay. Want to make sure we get that right. So underdogengineers.com. Fantastic. Now, you also said that you were doing some work uh, with women's groups as well. Let's talk about that. Yeah. So I have partnered with a couple of other women that, uh, let me just say, they're fantastic and they're much more experienced than I am. So they have seen a lot. They know a lot. Uh, The founder of the organization that I partner with is Susan Colantuno. So Susan Colantuno gave an amazing TED talk called the career advice you probably didn't get. So if you're a woman wanting to advance in your career, that's a really important video to watch. So it's Susan Colantuno, the career advice you probably didn't get. And then her book called No Ceiling, No Walls is really an expansion on that talk. And that is at the foundation of what we teach and do inside the organization called A Career That Soars. So I'm a partner of the organization, so you'll you'll see me inside there if you decide to join. You'll see me inside there uh, hosting some of the discussions and things like that. And then I also produce a podcast for the organization called Lead to Soar. So the two leaders are Susan Colantuno, who's based in the US, and then Michelle Redfern, who's based in Australia. And together we run A Career That Soars and the Lead to Soar podcast. Excellent. So where can people find Lead to Soar podcast? I'm assuming the the basic standard uh, everywhere. uh, (laughs) Yes. Yeah. The podcast is um, on all the major platforms and you can easily find links to it at leadtosoar.com. Okay. Audio only or video and audio? Audio only. (laughs) Audio only. Okay. Yeah, video video adds a whole nother challenge. Set, it does, yeah. <laughs> if you want to see us on video, you have to come inside a career that soars. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. Excellent. So looking back over your your story and the things that we've talked about, I, I sense that there was a lot of confusion and trepidation in your life at, at early times and what to do, how to do, when to do, even as as early or as late rather as 2009, coming out of that relationship, going through the, the breakup, going through the, the leaving of the job and, and all these other things. So you've learned a lot of lessons over that time. That much is clear. 
So let me ask you this question. Looking back over the entirety of your lessons of life, what is the single greatest lesson that you've learned? Tim, that's a hard one. <laughs> it's not, I didn't say, I didn't say they were going to be easy. I just said that they, it wasn't going to be a, you know, a stumper. <laughs> right. Um, mm. So I, I want, I want to say that I think one of the most important lessons that I've learned is to choose to see the best in other people. And what I mean by that is having, what I mean by that is taking a moment to acknowledge that 99% of the time people are doing the best that they can do. Mm -hmm. And that is true when I look externally. And then I have to also acknowledge that that's true of myself. So when I look back on some of the decisions I made, I think the temptation can be sometimes to brood and have regret and wish you had done something different sooner mm -hmm. or earlier. But if I'm being really honest, I, in those moments, I was doing the best that I knew how to do at that time. So I have a lot more peace in my heart and mind now with that understanding. And it's, it's something I have to remind myself of for sure. I mean, I'm an emotional sure. yeah. creature just like everyone, but I'd say that's one of the most important lessons. Awesome. Okay. So it sounds like that you're, you're not sitting there, um, you know, pining over the shoulda, woulda, couldas of life, you know, uh, because in all honesty, when, when people are, are moving past things that they've gone through in life and the lessons that they've learned, like you just said, sometimes it's the shoulda, woulda, couldas that kind of come back to bite us because, oh, I should have done this. If I, if I had thought of this, I would have done that. I, I could have been this. I could have done that at this stage of life. So Although you were met with some challenges, it's good to hear that that that's not what you're doing, because I think that 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 prevents us from looking forward. It keeps us looking in the rearview mirror of life. So that's good. OK. The next question that I have for you is similar to that one, but a little different. So looking back over all your journeys and everything that you've gone through, what was the single best piece of advice that you were given? And is it something that you still live by today? Oh, gosh. I, I love this question. It's just hard to narrow it down to one. So you wouldn't have known this about me, but I collect these nuggets of wisdom. And so people around me that I interact with, you know, they'll say something, you know, really poignant and great, and I will save it and use it for future things, whether nice. to reference it in a podcast or in a blog post or whatever. Mm -hmm. So, oh my gosh, I feel, I feel like I've collected several. So let me share two that I think might help your audience, regardless of what kind of career they're in. Okay. Uh, so the first one is a friend of mine named 
Rob and paraphrasing here, he basically said that a company treats you best when they're trying to recruit you. So basically a company will never treat you better than that moment when they're trying to get you in the door. And it's worth thinking about when you're thinking through your process of, you know, what do I want to negotiate for and those types of things. Even better and more broadly applicable, there's a gentleman that I knew in Florida and we had lunch one day and he said this, it's something I go back to over and over again. He said, moving up begins first in your mind. And the reason that I go back to this over and over again is because it's so true at every single stage. I think there's a temptation sometimes in your career to have this idea that, you know, I've put in this much time, I've put in all of this effort, and therefore I deserve, you know, the next promotion. And in reality, what I have seen work better for others and myself is when the individual in their mind gets to the next level, they're contributing at the next level. And people see that and leaders see that. And then it becomes much easier to make the case around, I think I'm ready for a promotion or I think I deserve a promotion. So toxic workplaces notwithstanding, if you're in a halfway healthy workplace environment, moving up begins first in your mind. I like that. I do. I I like that quite a bit, actually. All right. So speaking of things I'm going to write down and steal for later. uh, All right. That's going to go in my notebook. (laughs) That's a great one. (laughs) Yeah, I know. In all honesty, I very much like that. Okay. So Mel, let's make sure that people know where to find out more about Mel Butcher. If they want to look at, you know, a little more into your story and find out a little bit more about you, how can people get a hold of you if they want to be able to find out more? Sure. It's really easy. You can find me and everything I'm doing at melbutcher.com. That is quick and painless. All right. So Mel, it's, it's been a genuine pleasure talking with you today. I very much enjoyed uh, your story. I, I enjoy your positivity. You're, 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 uh, you have a very uh, infectious personality. I don't know if you've been told that before, but you do. Um, and although the folks uh, who are listening to this can't see your smile, it's, you have an amazing smile and it's hard not to smile when you smile. So. Uh, oh, thank you, Tim. I'm yeah. so grateful you shared some time with me today. Thank you for having me on the show. Yeah. So uh, guys, uh, Mel's got an amazing story here. So make sure that you go check her out on, on melbutcher.com. You can find her uh, on uh, the Lead to Soar podcast and the underdogengineers.com. So, and I'm just impressed that I said all of that correctly. I got the thumbs up from <laughs> Mel. So, all right. So Mel, again, thank you for being on Focused on Forward today appreciate you sharing your story with us and, and, and how you have moved forward in life. Thanks and, for having me, Tim. And all right, guys, that's going to conclude us today for Focused on Forward. Well, that concludes another episode of Focused on Forward. 
To be a guest of Focused on Forward, you can reach us through Twitter at podcastfof, through our Facebook page named Focused on Forward, or through email focusedonforward at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing each and every one of your stories that has yet to be told. So until then, be safe, be kind, and be loving to one another as you stay focused on forward.